the shore where the mountains meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree. There's a light in the window, just salty gals inside. I'm not sure if they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, see Sea Hags podcast. My name is Chris Jeffa. And I am Katie Nordgren. And with us today is Mr. Justin O'Hearn, a PhD candidate in Victorian erotica. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Correct enough. Close enough. Yeah. Okay. Also Great. a very funny... Also a very funny uh, local comedian friend of mine who I've met very recently. And so, hello. Welcome. Hi. How's it going? Good. Yeah. We're, uh, we're recording, as usual, live from the uh, Shanty Shack down by the sea mm-hmm. in industrial <laughs> East Vancouver. Um, we had a little bit of a snafu with some audio equipment, so I went on Craigslist and I bought a USB mic from a random man, and that's what what we're using today, and I don't know if any of you would have been able to tell the difference, but I certainly can. Yeah, and I feel a little shy, so we're gonna have some, you know, lower quality sound stuff for the next couple of weeks, or until I can raise $3,000 to replace my amazing preamp. So, uh, my PayPal, <laughs> if anybody gives a shit. Which they don't. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Maybe they do. Perhaps we have a rich benefactor out there that we don't know yet. This is always my dream. I always, always want my Contessa that's going to come a and A reclusive, like... rich person. It could be Enya. It could be Enya. She's like... She lives in a castle. Yeah. She's got some dough to spare. So, I just really want a rich benefactor to we all like, do. be a patron of my art. No, totally. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, so I had that up until uh, April the 30th when UBC cut my funding. So. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so you're not having a very good week? Uh, I'm okay. I'll get by. Okay. I always have. It's, that comes with white male privilege. You guys know that, right? <laughs> no, because we don't have that. <laughs> no, but you know that that exists. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. don't worry about me. I'll be fine. <laughs> Great. That's wonderful. Oh, my lord. Um, so we. this is the first time we've recorded in, I want to say, three weeks, mm. which is... A long time for us. Yeah. I feel a bit rusty. Yeah, me too. My hinges are creaking. And uh, I also have the worst allergies ever. I've had allergy stuff for like a month because the pollen is the worst or something. Mm-hmm. And so breathing is dangerous for me. There was I listened to like a Baron Vaughn bit where he was like super allergic to dairy and pollen. <laughs> and so he's like, eating and breathing are incredibly dangerous for me. And that's kind of how I feel <laughs> right now too, where I'm just all congesty. And I'm starting a new job, which I've talked about a little bit, but it's like the learning curve is ramping up a whole lot, and my head is full of stuffed upness, mm. and I'm just real tired and cranky, so oh, I'm really pumpkin. excited to, to talk about goofy, naughty stuff. Goofy, naughty stuff. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's your official thesis title. That is. That's goof, goofy, naughty stuff in the Victorian period. Colon, a rope of sand. <laughs> a rope of sand. Colon, cover up that table leg. Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude. <laughs> You don't want table legs making the gentleman folk horny. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Can you what verify a real thing? What? that they covered up the like big long tablecloths became en vogue during the Victorian era because men would get so horny at table legs? I've never heard of that. Because they that... were all like curvy and they looked like a lady's ankle and it was I like, mean, that's... unseemly. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. That's oh. not a thing. But okay. it's but it's still on brand for the Victorian, so not really. Damn it. Damn well, it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna be just blowing some things wide open. No. Yeah, I mean like those don't get me wrong, the Chippendale style table legs are sexy. <laughs> uh, well they're at Chippendales. 
Well, that's where they got the name for the of course. strippers, I'm sure. It was from that furniture style. Um, <laughs> Big, strong, crunky <laughs> legs. <laughs> that's how I like it. <laughs> but no, um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the Victorian period, about it being so repressed and repressive. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping... I've got some great examples of how unrepressed these things actually were. Sweet. So well, I'm psyched about yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to... We're going to talk about some shit. He brought materials. Nice. He brought materials. Love it when a guest brings some materials. What else do we got to talk about? How was your week, Katie? Oh, mine? Yeah. Oh. Or like, how are the last little while The last been? three weeks. Um, not great in yeah. some respects and totally fine in others. Like, all in all, it's a wash. Like, I had a, a, a funding cut type type situation happen. Mm. My, my, my wife lost her job. And so we're scrambling a little bit, but... Uh, Our PayPal address <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to just send me a burlap sack with a dollar sign on the side of it, stuff full of money, that'd be great. No, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. No, she's very resourceful and she's super skilled, so it's all going to be fine. And it's just like tech is a crappy industry to work in. Mm-hmm. It, they don't treat people very well at all. So that was just like, you know what? It was just the impetus we needed to hopefully try to find something better. So that was the only really bad thing that's happened. Everything else has been pretty pretty cool. I've gotten to some a couple scraps with people uh, verbally, but we'll go into that on in our bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Gosh, yeah. Apart from that, I'm just still not sleeping. But mm. that's really it. That's it. Like could everything else is great. Probably add that in every week. That I'm not sleeping. Yeah, yeah I'm very bad at it. <laughs> I am a thing babies can do, and I'm terrible at it. What about the thing that was good last week? Where you won second place in a comedy competition? Oh, I won second place in a comedy competition. <laughs> but I feel like I cheated, kind of, because I brought a lot of friends. A lot of friends who like to drink, because we realized that the voting system. Yeah. At the one hitter quitter is if you order like a martini, they'll give you like six ballots. So Ed was like really stacking the deck for you. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Like you it. don't need a lot of friends to win that competition. You just need friends who like to drink. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think it was an undeserved win. Anyway. Oh, thank you. I was there, you guys. I I didn't get any votes. I don't think. But um, but yeah, no. You I, definitely got votes from our table. We put votes in. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose you did. Yeah, that's why I had I ingratiated myself to you guys early on. Absolutely. Like, you oh got my god, there's like twelve of you. <laughs> put me in the number two spot. <laughs> da, 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 yeah. da. You know, so so that was actually really fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I don't. I kind of like read back it, read back everybody else's sets, and I thought like mine was pretty good, but <coughs> there were a couple I really liked, and nobody even podiumed. Like, Roman, Roman Mancini's set was really funny, I thought. But yeah. he called himself a vegan, and then I think he lost, like, half the room. Oh, that's bullshit. Because people hate vegans, and that's yeah. not fair. Because yeah. they're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> they most certainly are. They most certainly <laughs> are, right. Like, let's be real here. Yeah. I don't need to shit on a vegan. They're trying hard. Yeah. Doing better than I am. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing. How's your week been, Justin? Uh, pretty swell. I... I started working, I got a new job um, for the summer teaching English composition nice. at a local college, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Nice. So the semester begins Monday, that's tomorrow I guess. Um, other than that, not a whole lot's going on, really. Um, as my <laughs> my mentor, Matthew McConaughey, once said, I'm just living. Just living. L-I-V-I-N. Or something. You guys know Days to Confused? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> we know. I, like, I bought the Criterion Collection edition of that, because that's how much I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> they keep, they stay the same. Right. I keep getting older, they, they stay, stay the, the same. same oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Classic yeah. McConaughey. Oh, yeah. Mac- you Classic love the McCon- statutory rape movie. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, you did the, you were laughing about the McConaissance ages ago. I fucking love that guy. I don't know. It's... <laughs> 
You can't not Tom love him. Tom is a flat circle. He's, he's like a weird, charming dirtbag. <laughs> I'm I, so I really, I really am into that. <laughs> you know the greatest thing about Matthew McConaughey is that, like, um, he, he was just discovered in that sort of weird Hollywood way. The produ- One of the producers from Days of Confused was at his... Uh, college in Texas. Like bongo concert? No, like he was he was, he was, he was, he was a film student or something and this this guy was like, hey, uh, making this movie, do you want to, do you want to have like one line? He's like, sure. And he ended up being like the biggest thing to come the out breakout. of that movie. Yeah. Oh, that, that was 1993 that movie came out? Yeah, 92, 93. I watched it when I was way too young. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand it at all. <laughs> Why are they spanking each other? <laughs> Which we could ask about, like, all of the content so. of the book that you brought us today. <laughs> <laughs> So why are they all spanking each other, Justin? Uh, well, flagellation, also known as the English vice. What? <laughs> it's true. Great. Um, Let's get into this. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of theories about why uh, British people like spanking. I should have brought my... Sorry, I, I have... I have <laughs> Your book of spankology? You no, know, every time I go to London, I... In, you know, so in, in, in phone booths in London, there are cards for escorts. Yeah, right. And I collect those cards because they're incredible. Um, but the best ones have um, just like engravings or drawings. They're not real photos. They're they're drawings, and a lot of them are like you know Victorian punishments administered and call this number. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been a thing, and and in every single one of the four books that I brought here, plus every other Victorian pornographic book, there is some level of spanking. They just love it. They just love it so much, and there's been a few theories about like what why corporal punishment is an erotic thing specifically for English people. I think it's a trope in, in, in pornography and they get, um, but it, it had to come from somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, so some people think it is like a latent desire to be, um, I don't know, like punished by authority figures, uh, because boarding school was a big I was thing. Thinking boarding yeah. School yeah. Stern governesses. <clears throat> yeah. Stern governesses. Um, the church, all that sort of stuff. So there's a, there's almost an anti-Catholic, like there's a blasphemous aspect to it. Because, well, that makes everything better. Yeah. Because you, as you know, you know. Sacrilicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrilicious. Um, and yeah, and also the, the, the other boarding school trope, um, which most of these books start out with, is a boy is in boarding school and he has his first sexual experiences there mm-hmm. um, with another boy. Right. And they sometimes but not always develop into fully fledged explorations of sexuality or it's used as an introduction to what sex is hmm. and then they go on and a lot of the all the books I brought here today are they're all sort of memoir genre books okay. um, but most of them have that boarding school scene that's how people get their start in in sex and sexuality in the Victorian period in these books anyway well, that makes hmm. sense you know you're away from home yeah. you're Blossoming into a young lady or gent. (laughs) The rules are a bit different when you're away from home. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe that could lead us into talking about uh, the first time we ever saw a pornography type thing. Because I definitely remember the first pornographic image I ever saw on the internet. Oh. Because I got the internet in 1996. Mm. Some sweet, sweet dial up. (laughs) And completely by accident, I saw a photo of shit eating. That was the first sexual image I ever saw on the internet. And there's, uh, you know, in Kumail Nanjiani's special beta male, he talks about, like, seeing a porno for the first time and then there being an ad within the porno for shit-eating. And he remembers what color the towels were because, of course, they were responsible enough to do this in the bathroom. And that really stuck with me because I'm like, oh, the details of such an image 
are so traumatic <laughs> that they're just soldered onto your brain, basically. And so, yeah, that's the first thing I ever saw. But that was, like, tempered by all of the really, like, low-key porn that was actually available to me. It's like Playboy or mm-hmm. something. It's just boobs. Just boobs and bush. And that's mm-hmm. all it is. And that was, like, innocent and sweet. And they're just like, oh, she's leaning against a piano. Mm-hmm. She's an artist. Like <laughs> the, the elusive labial shot in a Playboy... You never, you never see it. Oh, you saw some sometimes. Oh, that's pretty hard to find, though. It, oh, that's why it was elusive. That's why, oh, that's yeah, why you I just... said elusive. <laughs> you did say elusive. I'm sorry. You're right. It was not but in the usually in it's the, like in the three we had in my household growing the three Playboy magazines we had growing up. It was not in one of those, so Too never bad. saw it. Too bad. It had. It Too depends bad. on the on the hair configuration. <laughs> Um, and usually it's only the labia that's like nearest the mons pubis. It's nothing below that. <laughs> There's something about saying all of the actual, like, words that I'm just like, nope, <laughs> no, just shut it down, just clamp. <laughs> just like, just like tumbleweeds. We, we, just, we all just clamp shut. Yeah, just, labia. Yeah. Well, some people put clamps on there, I don't oh know. Oh my god. Yeah, that's true. Okay, this is going to be the episode where I'm like, mom and dad, please, for the love of God, don't listen to Oh, they to will it. love this. Oh, I hate this already. <laughs> oh, we're just getting I'm started. I'm already, guys. like, shame sweating. Awesome. <laughs> It might just be hot in here, but it's a little bit of shame. I don't know. I'm wearing a cardigan. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> no shame. No shame in your game. <laughs> Plenty in mine. Oh man! But it's I, sh- I went it's to only shame in listening to the cardigan. See, I was not a. I was not a Catholic. <laughs> hey, they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the best soundtrack album of all time. It's true. It's true. Ah, uh, you weren't Catholic. I wasn't Catholic, but I went to a daycare run by a Catholic person, so I feel like I still got some Catholic guilt. Mm. So, it's just lots of suffering Jesus pictures everywhere, and. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's... I mean, but you were, like, real Catholic. Like, I the was. Pope touched you. Yeah. What? Yeah. Not in that way. Which Pope? <laughs> uh, John Paul II. Oh, he was the better he one. He was... That was yeah. my Pope, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My it, grandma had a big picture of him. He mm-hmm. was cool. Yeah. yeah. Poping it up. Yeah. That was uh, when my mom was pregnant with me. Got little hands-on the belly. Mm-hmm. And then there's a picture of me, because I got baptized in the Vatican as well. What? I'm pretty Catholic. You're you the most Catholic person I've ever met. Yeah. It's not very Catholic, pretty, though. Yeah, but then it's like, I feel like all of that inoculated me to Catholic guilt somehow, and I was just like, <laughs> my soul is Teflon, it's fine, it doesn't stick. I'm a shame, shameless dirtbag. Fantastic. <laughs> Super. So when did you see porn for the first time? Um, I actually had one of the, uh, one of the first times was the Finding the Old Magazine in a Stump in the Woods classic. <laughs> oh, yes. Classic. Classic. So, you know, Gibson, small town. rummaging around in the woods like my friends and I would go play in the forest all the time we found yeah a bag of magazines that someone had just like left out and they were all water damaged and hope to like grow a forest of pornography (laughs) just just a bush anyway (laughs) just a bush oh no so that one so you had water damaged pornography yeah and like just seeing boobs and stuff where it was just like oh yeah cool before I had any of my own, and then once you grew your own, you can just look at them whenever you want. It's the best. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, just did it. So I've good. got A cups myself. So. Nice. <laughs> so there was that, and then I just, I don't know, I think I probably saw someone's dad's Playboy or something like that, too, mm. but I just remember, like, my most vivid memories of anything, like, erotic was, like, any of the books that, you know, my mom had that were, like, a romance novel or the one chapter in the one book that gets very steamy. And yeah. so, like, I was always reading the written stuff for a really long time. Yeah. You could zero in on any book that had any dirty content yeah. from the spine alone. Yeah, and then, like, internet porn, like, I didn't really get into it for a long time because I didn't really know how to find it. Like, I had friends that were like, 
getting, like, they would download stuff or they had, like, paid subscriptions, and I'm just like, well, I don't want to pay for this, so I just, like, Google boobs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine, but, like, it's not really the best, and then suddenly now with the proliferation of all of the very, um, like extremely detailed and wide-reaching free stuff. It's just like, cool, that's fine. Mm. It's you very just, accessible. like, type uh, the most improbable combinations of words into a search bar and still find something My tastes are pretty chill. I was definitely... I watched Ali Wong's comedy special, and she's talking about, like, escalating... You know, like, you see stuff, and then you need to see something sicker and sicker and sicker. And for me, I'm just like, no, this is just fine. This yeah. is fine. Just Pedestrian just, pornograph- uh, <laughs> pornography? Yeah. That's how it's like. I, I don't know if I... I won't get into my category no, preferences. No, you don't have to. But, uh, you know, I've got two categories that I look at, and that's it. And I'm yeah. content. What more do you need? And I've got a great imagination. <laughs> right, you gotta have the go-tos, always. Yeah. How about yourself? How was your first... Uh... Your first porn? Yeah, so... Uh... Oh, and we... Oh, sorry, one other thing. Yeah, we definitely watched Scrambled Porn with a bunch of my dude friends, oh. like, on satellite, and oh, I was, like, the only 22. girl, and it was just, like, a weird ritual where, like, guys would watch porn together, like, mm-hmm. on the big screen in the movie room, and we'd, like, catch a glimpse of a thing, and we'd hear them all, like, moaning, and we were, like, 15... And I'm like, we should, like, probably have all been, like, making out with each other instead of just, like, sitting on the couch. Trying to catch a trying to catch flick yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. That's a weird thing Children that kids very do. Weird. I don't know. They're very weird. Why yeah, they... do you watch it together? You know what? And we did that. I did that when I was in high school yeah. with uh, with my friends. We would get together. So you just all had boners. Friday <laughs> night. Well, it was, it was the weirdest thing. Friday night, we'd go over to my friend Todd's house, um, whose parents were very uh, not there. <laughs> 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 and uh, we would we would get a bunch of weed and beer and stuff, and we just we would settle in, and we would and we would we would rent videos because that's what you did in 1998. You rented porno videos, and there was actually the video store in our town. <laughs> there was actually a pink curtain that you had to go through. Yes, like, so symbolic. This isn't symbolic of anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, we would go, and we would uh, we would rent the porn, and we would always do it under our friend's name who wasn't there. So if, if, just give the give his phone number or whatever. Give his name and phone number and if if at any time we had neglected to return it, we wouldn't be on the hook for it and he would get in trouble and it'd be hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> um, you assholes. We were shitty high school kids, right? Like yeah. are, there, are there any other kinds? There aren't, there aren't. What was the town that was it like a small town? No, I was I, I lived in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. uh, but I lived about fifteen minutes outside of the city itself, so it was like it was actually a fishing village, but not like you're picturing. <laughs> How do you know what I'm picturing? Because I know. <laughs> I've spoken. I've, I've to- nets everywhere. I've told this. I was, like, floaties. We weren't all just like salty dog uh, fishing people. Like there was. Well, then you're on the wrong village. podcast, sir. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw the title. I did, but uh, our favorite hangout was was the government wharf, and we would hang out in a bait shed. That was our. Were you, ba- were you guys bait? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just get all worked up after your uh, collective like, porn watching. Like, watching porn in a bait shed just has masturbate jokes, like, written It does, all but over we didn't watch porn in the bait shed. Oh. We watched no, porn in the bait shed. talked about the porn house. that you watched. We talked about the porn and we smoked cigarettes and stuff, and they were cool. But the first time <laughs> I ever watched, saw pornography, uh, I was in elementary school. And it was at another friend's house, and it was again like her dad's collection or something, but it was VHS tape. Mm -hmm. And so there was actually, there were multiple um, events. The first event I wasn't invited to. It was for, it was for like, because this was like grade five, and she was inviting grade six kids. Mm -hmm. And so like stupid grade five kids weren't allowed. Wow, this girl. Yeah, she, oh yeah, she had something going. 
She had a little racket going in my town. Yeah. But, uh, so I was there for the second event. Uh, and we all gathered around. She had one of those L-shaped couches, and we all sat on the couch, all like, you know, 11-year-old kids or whatever. And um, we watched it, and it was just, it was straight porn, nothing, nothing. I didn't see any shit-eating or anything like that. Lucky you. <laughs> and the most salient thing for me about it was the bass line. It was that 90s porn. Oh, bam, yeah, bam, classic. Bam, 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 bam. It wasn't even like that. It was like... <laughs> it was just it, Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, it was just the Seinfeld thing. <laughs> it was the Seinfeld, yeah, porn X parody. <laughs> Um, but oh, it was just God. this weird bass line that it was going in rhythm to the guy thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and, and I kind of love it to this day. <laughs> um, but but the, 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 the second part of that story is uh, me and my friend Steven convinced the girl to let us borrow the porn. Uh-oh. And so me and Steven were watching it one time, and then there was a scene where... <clears throat> It was an orgy scene, and they had, like, a jar of something. And they were, like, getting handfuls of this stuff out of the jar. And, of course, it was lube, right? It was Vaseline or something. We didn't yeah. know that. But Stephen was a year older than me, and so he was the gatekeeper to all things porn. And I looked over at him, and I said, Stephen, what is in that jar? And he looked at me as confident as anything. And he just said, cum. <laughs> it's a jar of cum. Like, as if that's a thing that exists. <laughs> you just buy it. You just buy a, jar, a big jar of... Guess what? Take... That costs a lot of money. <laughs> you take, like... Small batch enterprise. <laughs> Artisanal jizz. <laughs> just come. She's it's like, come. But, like, he was so cool about it. I was the like, way oh. you say come, when you say that is so perfect. It's come. <laughs> And they were just smearing it on each other still? You know what? I don't even remember what they were doing, but I just remember their, their, their hands were going into the jar. I'm assuming it was some sort of a lube, right? Yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty sure it was cum. I'm pretty sure it was cum. Just jars of horse cum. That you can buy. Oh, why does it have to be horse all of a sudden? Because where else you get, you get that much it? cum? It's got to be a big animal. You've got friends, right? I don't know. You'd have to have a lot of friends. It's like a teaspoon. You're going to do it in the bait shack. In the bait shack. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Fill her up. <laughs> oh no, my stomach. Guys, this is a lot of fun already. If you, if you put a cracker at the bottom of the jar, you can... oh no. Oh god, sour cookie. So, see, I've never heard that term for it. No. Just limp biscuit or uh, ookie cookie is the other one yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, fun. fun I'm literally crying. Did I ever do sour cookie? Yeah. No. I don't think anybody's actually no, done that outside of like. No, no, one, no one does these things. No. Like, no one does donkey punches or anything no. like that. There's a movie called Donkey Punch. It's amazing. What? What? Uh, it's a horror movie. Oh. And it's all these, these, it's these dude bros that rent a boat and they get these chicks to come on the boat with them. And uh, they're all talking like, hey, dude, you ever do a donkey punch? And the guys are like, of course. <laughs> Naturally. And, and so... As one does. They're, they're, they're having sex with this girl, they're videotaping it, and the guy does... He goes for the donkey punch and he kills her. Oh, oh my god. No. So they're in the middle of the ocean on this boat, and then, like the other three girls are freaking out. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool thriller if you ever want to... It sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, no it's, it's really... It's one of those movies that... Is it like a vengeance movie kind of thing, or...? No, it's kind of like a... What's a vengeance movie? Is What's that, a vengeance movie? You mean like a movie where there's vengeance or like is, yeah. that, is, that, is that like like are the other girls getting revenge on these guys? Oh, okay. No, sorry. I thought it meant like that was like a production studio like Hammer Films like No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> um no, it's it's just it's this kind of 
freaky thriller where they're all trapped on this thing and so the guys want to throw the dead girl overboard and the girl's friends are like, how about we don't? And everyone kills each other. Oh! Because, um, you know, no one wants to get done for murder. No. For donkey So punching. just do, do more murders. Do more murder. That yeah, fixes that's, it. That's usually the solution. Murder undoes murder. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I've seen Goodfellas. Yeah. It yeah. at least makes you have less people to <laughs> worry about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what murder does, Chris. That's, that's right. generally how yeah. it works. Cutting out the numbers. <laughs> oh, God. With murder. With murder. Okay, God. so we've it's got bring, our... It's just bringing back so many more memories, I don't know. Of first porn things? Like, or, just the or, weird porn stuff that we used to do as kids, like, especially without having the internet or having very limited internet yeah. access, like, you know, after 10 p.m. on Showtime. Oh, yeah. The first time the I ever red saw... Shoe Diaries. The first time I ever saw lube being used was... There was just the beginning of this... <laughs> Are you sure it was Are you lube? sure it was lube? Was it cum? <laughs> it was a jar of cum. <laughs> she squeezed it out of a bottle. I mean, it could have been. I mean, if you, you had to have a very small funnel to put it in the bottle. Oh, God. <laughs> Sick. Guess. So you saw it. Uh, using I lube. just remember, like, the first shot of this movie... Was just a black dildo on a like a bedside table, mm-hmm. and just someone squeezing lube onto it, and it just like coated the side of it, the, and then her hand like rubbed it around, and oh then my. I don't remember anything else. But that is <laughs> you with blacked you. out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I was just around. then I woke up <laughs> in a glade in a glen in the forest, <laughs> surrounded by I don't know. Oh god. It was definitely something like uh, lesbian erotica for sure. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was formative, and yeah. would be. and like also like Flesh Gordon. Naturally. I had a VHS of that, and it's just like you like tape stuff off TV and then like yeah. sneakily watch it again. Oh yeah. Oh you know? oh 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 my god! Totally bringing back stuff. Okay, first of all, <laughs> the whole like things in the woods at my cabin at Green Lake near Seventy Mile House. There was we had, they had a shed. And it was like the dad's shed, you know, where they kept the dirt bikes and the tools and stuff. And there was just a, there was a total, like, visible labia picture of a sexy 80s lady just, like, leaning back, like, uh, you know, and it's just, like, real displayed, just real displayed. So hope, that made me think of that. I hope they actually made that noise, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like this? We don't have the video of behind the scenes at the photo shoot. No, but Could just very real, real, like, teased hair, like, very livid 80s makeup and, like, just... Just lipping on out there, you know? Wow. No big deal. Pretty cool. Uh, so I was always like, I was always a little disturbed by it because all the other Playboy stuff is like legs closed, whatever, that kind of thing. And so I was like, is that what it's going to look like later? <laughs> I was a little bit unsettled by mm-hmm. it, I think. But that also definitely made me think of like, okay, how did you get porn that wasn't really porn? Like if you wanted to see something sexual, uh, we definitely had that Willem Dafoe and Madonna movie taped off of TV, Body of Evidence. Are you familiar with this movie? I know. It's I've like a 92, it, yeah. 93 thing. And they have like, they have sex in a parking garage. Like she takes her high heel and she smashes a light and then like that it's just broken glass all over the car. And then she like throws him down on top of the broken glass and fucks him. Wow. And I was like, rewind, <laughs> play again, rewind, like, play again. The stereotypical, like the tape wears out at that part kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, gotta stick it back together with scotch tape or whatever. Or like when your mom like gets the VCR and, like, turns it on and it's, like, just at the tail end of something that you had finished watching and then, like, went to sleep after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, so that, that totally made me think of, like, what were the what were the movies, like, or we had Bull Durham on VHS and there's lots of sex scenes in that, mm. so it was, like, you, you have to, like, really figure out where they are. El Mariachi or Desperado or whatever, that one was Did that, great. Did you have that on VHS? I don't remember. I definitely watched that a lot, it's though. It's pretty culty. Sel- Selma Hayek and Antonio Banderas. Mm. 
That's good stuff. That's some real good stuff. I can still sing the theme song for that because I watched it so many times. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't have castanets, and that would be a racist contribution for me, probably, if I just castaneted, which I did anyway with my hands. We just pretend that you're making crab yes. hands. and <laughs> Just crab hands. But like our intern, Todd the Crab, is he feels like you're mocking his culture. <laughs> Todd. Todd's very sensitive. You wouldn't think he would be th- so thin-skinned, <laughs> given that he has an exoskeleton. He could be soft-shelled, though. <laughs> he's a soft-shelled crab. Aww. He's so cute. Yeah. We love Todd. Uh, we, had, uh, we had Quebec stations in Nova Scotia. So, oh, so there was very sexy. Saturday night, uh, they had... Starting at, like, 7 o'clock. <laughs> no, it was like... So I, my, my, my routine on Saturday nights was to watch <laughs> SNL mm-hmm. at, like, 12.30. Yep. Because it came on an hour later than it did in New York, because we're one hour ahead of New York. Right. Um... And Blue Nuit is what it was called. It was the, the French, the French like softcore porn, and they would show, they would show like Red Shoe Diaries, but sometimes they would show like movies from France. Ooh. Um, that's where yeah, sex was invented. That's where they invented sex. Yep, you guys Ooh. are absolutely correct on that. That is an objective fact. <laughs> sex was invented in France. <clears throat> in France, um, never had it before. French, not before Living. that. Well, the Greeks had it. Yeah, they did. The French perfected the, it. Yeah. <laughs> the Greeks defined it, the French refined it. <laughs> Love it. That's uh, why you're the PhD student. <laughs> Can that be the title of your thesis? <laughs> ooh la la? It has nothing to do with the subject matter at all. Just ooh la la. Or just slip that in there as a footnote. My, my thesis title is actually Sins Between the Pages. Ooh. Which is an awesome title. Kill scandal. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. Just ask you. I love this. It's a great title. Yeah, just ask you. You wrote yeah, it. Yeah, just ask me. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what's up? So, have you always been studying porn, or is that just exclusively your PhD? I mean, like, I, since I, you yeah, I was school. born low 35 years ago studying porn. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just say maybe for this part, if you could face into the microphone. Oh, okay. A bit I'm sorry. That's all right. All We're right. being casual. Yeah, that was a You're also casual. very tall, so. Yes. All right. Sorry to make you get all formal. How's this? <laughs> Too close. Very creepy. All right. How's it better? Much better. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, no. So what happened? Um, I was doing a master's degree at Simon Fraser, and I took a class up there, and it was called the Paris Edition. And that and Paris Edition is like... Um, slang for obscene or, or erotic books because mm-hmm. a lot of erotic books were published in Paris where things were a little more laissez-faire in mm-hmm. the 18th and 19th centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I've been watching Outlander and they have some very scandalous outfits. <laughs> just <They're... saying>. just <laughs> titties popping out everywhere. They, nice. have a, they have a dress on the show where it's just, yeah, her boobs are out and her nipples are pierced and it's connected to the dress. Oh my god, yeah. I really need to watch this season. It's good, they're in Paris right now. <laughs> Sweet. 1700s, anyway. I don't know anything about that show. Carry on. <laughs> what show was I thinking of when you said Outlander? You're thinking of Highlander, probably. Am I? Yeah. Okay. Outlander Still as much sword fighting, though. I learned that Outlander started as a Doctor Who fan fiction. Oh, and then, Jesus. I know, but then it turned Those into a successful people. like romance Those novel thing, and she's like a time traveler, basically. Oh. And then, I don't know. But it's pretty... Like, the it's show cor- is... It's good. corny, but it's very well done. Like, yeah. It's in terms of its cinematography and, yeah. and acting and costume design. It's very good. Yeah, except and the sex is pretty good usually. I like I like tr- I like time travel narratives too. Yeah, that's, so do I. It's cool because she's like she's so like a badass, you know, army nurse mm-hmm. that then goes back in time to like Scotland in the 18th century, 
and has all this knowledge of like medical stuff and is able to do lots of stuff and then they think uh, she's a witch. Of yeah, of course, course she's. Yeah, of course she. Anyway, and then it just carries on from lots there. Lots of lots of sex in that show. Lots of sex, and then like they filmed. It was like the most beautiful television. Like speaking of like erotic film, like it mm-hmm. was like an hour of them just like discovering each other's bodies, like interspersed mm-hmm. with like flashbacks of like their past. Mm-hmm. But then at the very end of the first season, they filmed like a torture scene in the same way. It was like really erotic and super Ooh. graphic. It was horrible. Yeah. It, you were it very upset so about that. so gross. And like, yeah. Like I got three days worth of messages from you about that show. Yeah. It was like <laughs> super rapey, bad, violent awfulness. Yeah. And now he's dealing with the fallout of his terrible torture. Anyway. Uh, take <laughs> I, that I, character I, on that show. Yeah, I really uh, derailed. Now I'm getting the shame sweats. <laughs> shame sweats. Take off your card again. <laughs> so, wait. What were we talking <laughs> about? We were, so we were, guys, can we get back to me, please? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we can get back to you. So you're doing your master's at SFU, SFU. and you took a class called the French edition. The Paris, Paris. edition. Fuck! What you said. What I said. <laughs> what uh, you said. Anyway, uh, and so that so that got me on to this book that I brought today called Telony, um, which is has an ostensible connection to Oscar Wilde, and it is it is the first ever. I'm showing this to um, Chris and Katie, but you guys on podcast can't see it. It's the first ever homosexual romance in English. Mm. Um, it also has pornographic, lots of pornographic stuff in it. Um, anyway, so I thought when I smugly entered my master's degree that I knew everything about Oscar Wilde. And then this professor was like, no, you don't. <laughs> and so we read this book and, uh, it's, it's an incredible book. It's, it's poorly written. It's nothing like Oscar Wilde. Uh, there are some Wildean things about it, mm-hmm. some aphorisms and some, some stylistic things. Um, but anyway, uh, that, that was the book that got me started, uh, thinking about this stuff and thinking like, uh, so the story goes that, um, there was a bookseller in London in the 1890s named Charles Hirsch, and he claims that Oscar Wilde was one of his customers, and he bought French books, uh, pornographic books, uh, books about pederasty and homosexuality. And uh, he also said that Oscar Wilde dropped off a bundle of papers to him one day and said, uh, please take these papers, hand them to people who give you my card, they will bring it back, and then you'll do that again for as many people as come that come around to collect this bundle of papers. The bundle of papers is supposedly the manuscript of Telony. Hmm. So written by a few different hands. And this bookseller, Charles Hirsch, is the only person we have that actually says Oscar Wilde was part of this. Hmm. Um, and at the end, when the last person brought the manuscript back, Wilde himself supposedly came back and got it, and then he didn't hear about the book again until it was published in 1893. Um, couple of issues with Charles Hirsch's story. Um, he's the only one who corroborates it. Um, he was a, uh, bookseller of disrepute in, <laughs> in, in London and then Paris. Um, and, and no one, no one else has corroborated the story. There, there are like very obscure, um, mentions of the book in relation to Oscar Wilde, but none that will say this was by Oscar Wilde. Um, and he didn't also come up with that story until 1934. Mm. 34. To like sort of maybe possibly reverse engineer <clears throat> some infamy. Yeah, in- a little bit. Yeah. So there's Charles Hurst is a really cool character, um, not entirely trustworthy, but it's been enough to um, kind of get this book out there and people know about it now because of this Wild connection. So it's it's actually a really important book, even if it's has nothing to do with Oscar Wilde at all, um, just because it's the first of its kind ever. 
Awesome. Um, so anyway, that was the book that got me started, and I was like, I just fell down this hole where uh, I was like, there are mysteries in, in, in this book. What are the other mysteries? And so you start reading more, and you read more of the theoretical and the historical texts, and then you start reading more of the, the actual books themselves, and it's they're incredible. Um, they they will they will flip on the side any notions anyone might have about um, the repressed Victorian era. Yes, that's um, what you're teasing. Yeah, uh, so there, <laughs> and, and the thing I always try to tell people is that uh, whatever you think about the Victorian era, whatever disgusting thing you think we have now that we didn't have before, you're wrong. <laughs> they had that disgusting thing, and people wrote about it, and people read about it. It was just uh, wasn't available to everybody. Um, it was much more exclusive than, like, we have a very democratic porno- pornographic system nowadays, right? <laughs> you can just access anything. You can you access want. anything. But back then, I mean, books cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, people didn't really have a lot of money to just blow on books, especially books that were illegal. Mm-hmm. You didn't know somebody. Um, so a lot of these were made for collectors and were written by people in the know and little coteries of learned men <laughs> and things like that. So um, anyway, that got me going, and I applied to UBC. And I didn't actually apply with a pornographic project in mind. I applied with a, another Victorian project. I quit that project because my mind kept going back to porn. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure, right? And uh, so, yeah, I switched Sorry. I switched up my supervisor and my project, and here I am. Here you are. Almost done. Right on. Congratulations, first of all, for actually doing that because, like, academia sucks. A lot of people don't even get to the sure. drafting their dissertation yeah. stage, uh, so... <laughs> academia is the worst. You yeah, guys. it's yeah. yeah. We 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 do it yeah. <laughs> or have done it. Yeah, so you know a thing or two. I love a good literary mystery like that. Yeah. You've got my curiosity up because there's like a few book series that I've been reading, and it's this one guy who's like a he was a bookseller or book collector or something, and so he like one book is about like oh did Jane Austen actually write this or right. you know, and so they're tracking down this thing, and it becomes sort of like a murder mystery type thing, mm. and. I just love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like a historical fiction type of book? Yeah, reading? kind of. Yeah. And it would like go back and forth between present day and past day. So like the present day person was trying to solve the mystery. Right. And then it would flash back to like Jane Austen times and her talking to this preacher guy. And yeah. Blah, 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 so. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. Around. There's a lot of like neo Victorian <laughs> stuff where like they'll cast like Oscar Wilde as a character in a, a Sherlock Holmes mystery and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah no, it's, it's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad that the Victorian period's having a bit of a renaissance right now it's like it's in right now right or am i just biased well i think i mean uh, i think it's always kind of kicking around just because it's like it's the, sort of the history that's closest to us like i think that when we were born there were some people still who had lived in the victorian era and might have said so. like because it happened before the turn of the 20th century it feels like real history but it's closer to us and so mm-hmm. i think that that's always kind of been a bit in vogue in the last yeah. hundred years or so and also because there's like i think that era has always been pretty I don't know, popular with folks that really like occult stuff, and there's like yeah. a lot of that Orientalism and like yeah. occultism and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, secret societies and the masks and the <laughs> initiations and the yeah. masons and that oh, kind God. of stuff. I'm really against the romantic ro- romanticizing of periods like that. Oh, though. for sure. Oh, and like, then like also steampunk comes from Victoria. Oh, I was totally right? fucking <laughs> steampunk. Steampunk. Yes, I hate steampunk. Oh, I love the aesthetic of it, it's, but I like you, that. You heard it here first, though. I have to. I feel like I have to hide that under a bushel. That I just every time I see steampunk, I go, "That's enough." Yeah. It's enough copper and brass yeah. and gears on yeah. your top hat. <laughs> so many <laughs> little, little tiny like gears. super monocle. 
I no think more, no I, more super monocle. Five thousand percent support anybody doing whatever costuming and doing whatever they like, but I'm just really tired of it. I'm just really sick of steampunk. Because I don't want to ride it. Actually, I do want to dri- ride in a dirigible. That would probably be pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a steampunk band for. Oh, I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> you blocked it from my memory. <laughs> for like under a week, though. Oh, it's, it was awful. Uh, it was called Corset. <laughs> and. Of course it was. We were gonna have a practice. Of course it was. Oh, fuck you! <laughs> I do the puns here. <laughs> I think, I think You've met, met your match, match, Katie. God damn it. My nemesis. <laughs> I had... We are nemeses, aren't we? We are nemeses. Yeah. Oh, Pretty friendly nice. nemeses, though. So. Nice. nice. Fairly friendly. Frenemies. Frenemies. Isn't that a thing? No, that's more sinister. Yeah. But, uh... I, uh, yeah, basically, like, we were supposed to all dress up in our awesome outfits and then play shows... And I was supposed to go to, like, the first practice, and, like, my body physically wouldn't let me leave my door of my apartment. I was just like, nope, 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 So then I just phoned, and I was like, I quit the band. They're like, but we haven't even had a rehearsal. Please, like, you can come to the next one. I was like, no, I just quit. Like, I just quit. And <laughs> they were like, oh, please, please, please. So and I was awesome. like, I, no, I quit forever. <laughs> That's awesome. I never loved you more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then moment. I did wind up playing a show at one of their steampunk things with my other band mm-hmm. and so we kind of dressed up a little bit but other like i like the aesthetic of it but then it's like the people that participate are usually pretty insufferable <laughs> so yeah, anybody who's really really married to a, a like a day-to-day aesthetic kind of thing that is that is effortful yeah that's a lot of their brain ram going to keeping that up and i know like, again there's that's that's a choice that you make and if you do that that's great but it also is often a really good red flag with people mm-hmm. i'm like you're gonna tire me out what yeah. Those people in like Oregon or Washington that were they made the rounds a couple of years ago who were oh I know the couple that you're talking about in the about. Victorian period yeah. but they They've were got only a ta- penny farthing they were only taking the like romantic things from the Victorian mm. period yeah. and it's like how about you shit in a bucket and, <laughs> and throw it out on your lawn like how about that how about you how about you get cholera now you know <laughs> how about you just get cholera how about you just fucking die. <laughs> I mean, that's what I really wanted it's to say. Realistic. Just how about, how about you just die because you people are insufferable. It's, yeah. uh, I've, I've, I've actually just read that interview a little while ago, and they were like, I hand mill my own soap. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> I don't care about your dumb hand milled soap. I actually really would like some yeah. soap. <laughs> Did you ever watch the, um, it's a thing on BBC called The Supersizers, and they go back to different periods in time, and they like eat all the same foods, and they do like the wellness regimens of, oh. just for like a weekend to see what happens. And <laughs> no. so they take the good and the bad. Yeah. You might like it, because it's like yeah. they eat all the food, and they're like, I'm so unhealthy. I just ate like a boar's head <laughs> yeah. and like so much food, and then I put my lead makeup on, and then I like went to the pub and drank like all of the ale and didn't have any water for the whole weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so they talk about their pee quality a lot. And, like <laughs> how le- they haven't shit for three days. Yeah, At least that's like, you know, honest nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to do that, you should have to do the, the good and the bad. There's another show, I think it was BBC or Channel 4 or something, where they had bakers from mm-hmm. now. Yes, the Victorian Baker. Uh, yeah, and they, they went back to... and they, they I watched that one too. Did you watch that one too? And yeah. they, they, watched they, every BBC Oh my God, and they, and they had to they had to make bread that was adulterated with like chalk dust. Yeah, in it. that was... Oh my God, and they, these people were like, they were breaking inside. They were like, <laughs> I, like, we know this isn't real, but the fact that people did this just breaks our hearts as people and as bakers, and they were trying to eat this crap, and I was feeling it for them, you know? Oh, man. No, chalk, chalk's not so bad for you. It's got calcium, which is something your body needs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I just feel like I flashed back to a 90s infomercial? Because it's, it's the Tums commercial. 
Oh. Because it's got calcium, which is something your body needs anyway. I just I immediately... Tums are just chalk. Immediately my brain just went, Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. <laughs> Keep fit. Body fun. break. <laughs> yeah, all the parks in my neighborhood all have participation gear in them. Oh, nice. God bless them. God bless Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. Did you yes. have a passage are from this? Are they together? Oh. Yeah, they're married. Oh, they're married. Okay. Nice. They're not, they're she not kept just, her name. They're not just stupping. Respect for you, Joanne. <laughs> Keeping it tight, you know? <laughs> Keep it tight. <laughs> Muscularly, you know? She's very active. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, let's... Uh, I was going to ask uh, if you had a passage from this book. I, I do. Uh, I, ha- I have chapter and verse here. Um, so Preach it. <clears throat> preach. Is this going to make our listeners very horny? It, mm, no, I don't okay. think so. <laughs> cool. Um, or maybe, but whatever they're into, I don't, don't know tell what, me what people do. are into. <laughs> don't tell me how to feel. I just um, read one of those Clan of the Cave Bear like books. There was a chapter, and they apparently invented 69ing in the prehistoric era. <laughs> you know they did. Yeah. <laughs> you know that Ayla and John Delar invented 69ing. She sucked on his balls. <laughs> Great. Good job. You don't want to neglect those. Anyway, <laughs> so let's get something else that's, that's lewd. Um, okay, so... This is... I'll, I'll set the scene for you. Okay. This is a, a sexy party with men. Um, That's my favorite kind of party. At, <laughs> at a private club run by a fellow called Brian Court. In, uh, his name is Brian Court? Brian Court. <laughs> is that his first name or last name? He's just called Brian Court. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Court Sausage Fest <laughs> 2016. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so it's a, bu- it's a bunch of guys. Um, they're having an orgy. They're just touching dicks. They're touching more than dicks. Cool. Um, and so there's all these, there's all these like viscounts and doctors and cl- uh, not clergy, marquesses. But, yeah. So there's, it's it's all very upper class. It, it's set in Paris, but um, there's a theory that this book was originally set in London, and the publisher set everything in Paris so as not to give away the locations offend. of yeah. the clubs and things. Um, but yeah, there's good evidence to to think that this was originally set in London if you look some, at some of the geographical stuff. Um, anyway, so there's they, they have this they have this guy who is a spahi, which is an Algerian soldier. And he is trying to uh, one up everybody by sticking a wine bottle up his ass. <laughs> they have just they've just put they've just inserted a bunch of uh, lubricated dates and put them up his butt. Oh, maybe that's what was in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh, this is no, a, this gone. is the description of them um, getting a wine bottle up his ass. Like, this is an Adam Sandler bit. I swear <laughs> to God. Uh, okay, so I'll start. So then, pointing to a broad flask that stood on the table. Why, that bottle there could, I think, be easily thrust in me and only give me pleasure. Will you try it, said many voices. Many Why voices. not? No, you'd better not, quoth Dr. Charles, who had crept by my side. Why, what is there to be afraid of? I know how butts work, he said. <laughs> <laughs> it is a crime against nature, said the physician, smiling. <laughs> smiling. But I dare you to do it. <laughs> It's got, it's got well, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff in here, right? He's like, oh, it wouldn't be <laughs> good. Literally tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. It wouldn't be very good, but wink, wink, do it anyway. <laughs> the wine bottle has a good flared base. I think it's... Anyway. Oh, wait, wait for it. Okay. All right. In fact, it would be worse than buggery. It would be... It would be bottlery, quote Brian Court. For all answer, the spa, he threw himself face upwards on the ledge of the couch with his bum uplifted towards us. <laughs> Then two men went and sat on either side so that he might rest his legs on their shoulders, after which it's he took hold of his birth. buttocks. <laughs> oh my god. He's in the fucking position. Oh my god. Sorry, go ahead. Can I finish? No. Yes. 
After which he took hold of his buttocks, which were more, were as voluminous as those of a fat old harlot's, and opened them with his two hands. As he did so, we not only had a full view of the dark parting line, of the brown halo in the hair, but also of the, the thousand wrinkles, crests, or gill-like appendages, and swellings all around the hole. And judging by them, and by the excessive dilation of the anus, and the laxity of the sphincter, we could understand that what he said was no boast. We haven't even got to the best part. <laughs> okay, please continue. I'm dying. <laughs> this <is> good radio. <laughs> Who will have the goodness to moisten and lubricate the edges a little? Many seemed anxious to give themselves that pleasure, but it was allotted to one who had modestly introduced himself as a maître de langue, although with my proficiency, he added, I might well call myself professor in the noble art. He was indeed a man who bore the weight of a great name, not only of old lineage, never sullied by any plebeian blood, but also famous in war, statesmanship, in literature, and in science. He went on his knees before that mass of flesh, usually called an arse, pointed his tongue like a lancehead, and darted it in the hole as far as it could go. Then, flattening it out like a spatula, he began spreading the spittle all around most dexterously. Wow. Wow. Now, said he, with the pride of an artist who has just finished his work, my task is done. Another person had taken the bottle and had rubbed it over with the grease of a pâté de foie gras. <laughs> oh then he began God. to press it in. Sliver grease, decadent. This is all very decadent. Oh, yeah, man. this is a, this is this was a happening party. Let me tell you. Oh, it's like an eighteen forty Chateau de Neuf <laughs> bottle, probably. <laughs> At first, it did not seem to be able to enter, but the spahi stretching the edges with his fingers and the operator turning and manipulating the bottle and pressing it slowly and steadily, it at last oh. began to slide in. Aha, said the spahi, biting his lips. It's a tight fit, but it's in at last. Am I hurting you? It did pain a little, but now it's all over, and he began to groan with pleasure. <laughs> all the wrinkles and swellings had disappeared, and the flesh of the edges was now clasping the bottle tightly. The spahi's face expressed a mixture of acute pain and intense lechery. All the nerves of his body seemed stretched and quivering, as if under the action of a strong battery. His eyes were half-closed, and the pupils had almost disappeared. His clenched teeth were gnashed, and the, as the bottle was, every now and then, thrust a little further in. His phallus, which had been limp and lifeless when he felt nothing but pain, was again acquiring its full proportions. Then all the veins in it began to swell, the nerves to stiffen themselves to their utmost. Do you want to be kissed? asked someone, seeing how the rod was shaking. Thanks, said he. I feel enough as it is. <laughs> what is it like? A sharp and yet an agreeable irritation from my bum up to my brain. In fact, his whole body was convulsed as the bottle went slowly in and out, ripping and almost quartering him. Oh God. All at once, the penis was mightily shaken. Then it became turgidly rigid. The tiny lips opened themselves. A sparkling drop of colorless liquid appeared on their edges. Quicker! Further in! Let me feel! Let me feel! Thereupon, he began to cry, to laugh hysterically, then to neigh like a stallion at the sight of a mare. The phallus squirted out a few drops of thick, white, viscid sperm. Thrust it in! Thrust it in! He groaned with a dying voice. The hand of the manipulator was convulsed. He gave the bottle a strong shake. We were all breathless with, with excitement, seeing the intense pleasure the spa he was feeling, when all at once, amidst the perfect silence that followed each of the soldier's groans, a slight shivering sound was heard, which was at once succeeded by a loud scream of pain and terror from the prost prostrate man, oh no. of oh no. horror from the other. The bottle had broken. No! Oh no! The handle and part of it came out, cutting all the edges that pressed against oh, it. Oh no! no. The other part no, remained no. engulfed within the anus. No. And with that, spoiler alert: he kills himself with a gun. Oh no! Rather, this book is awful. Rather than to go to the hospital. Rather than to face the shame of, because there's a doctor right there, and the doctor actually tells him to go to the hospital and we'll get this fixed up. And he's like, 
Nope. Nope. Do you want to just kill myself with a gun? That's a very extreme example. Holy Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Latter-day Saints. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is 1893. Wow. Um, so this is when I say to people, like, think of the grossest thing you can think of. It already existed. Oh, yeah. Generations ago. Um, and this, and this book is actually the culmination of a lot of different cultural practices that were, you know, begun. I mean, that's like, that's like Goatsy a hundred years before Goatsy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, Goatsy is a bit of a pansy compared to this. Goatsy's like, don't look it up. Just... Hot tip, don't. Don't look it up if you've never seen it. If you were on the internet. G-O-A-T-S-E. Don't do it. Don't look it up. Don't Google it, actually. Especially parents who might be listening to this. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. And it's so tame compared to other shit on the internet now. I know. But we can just say it's like a gaping asshole, right, basically. Oh, it's gaping. Yeah. So, like, you have to say, because if you don't say what it is, then people are going to look it up out of curiosity. So I just want to kill that right away. The unblinking eye of Satan. Or something. It's... You look into it, and the abyss looks back at you. <laughs> but yeah, so they were yeah doing this already. So they they say that whole thing about like rule whatever of the internet. Rule if you th- yeah, yeah, if you think about it, then it's already. But it, like it already existed in yeah this book. Yeah, it's like rule eighteen fifty or whatever. But I mean, I, I maybe I shouldn't have started with that one because that, <laughs> that was that was kind of extreme. Um, More so than the other stuff. Do we want to maybe take a quick break and just like. Calm down from that. I guess. You guess? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to just keep going? <laughs> just keep it going like that bottle. <laughs> oh, the bottle had to stop at some point. That's though, true. Right? We, and could, we could take a break if you'd like. Sure. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. So, what do we want to start with in the back 30? Uh, well. Uh, we're still recovering from the spahi in the bottle. Yeah, that was you. Really did like give us the ultimate first. Yeah, we kind of, we kind of, we yeah, we kind of did the nuclear option first. Yeah, um, which has been my style. Um, I've got a much more tame orgy right here. <laughs> this is just like it's making me think of. So I went, I played this house concert, um, and it was so beautiful at this lovely house, and they had a big covered back porch that has like a fire pit in it, and mm-hmm. like couches everywhere, and I went up like camping out. And like sleeping overnight on there, oh. and it just made me feel really like dreamy. And I really, it's like I really want like a yurt in the forest where we could all just lie around on pillows and basically just have like a sex yurt. Sex so, yurt. Um, <laughs> and so that's these are these are I like this stuff. <laughs> Guess what one of my two categories? <laughs> Bo- butt bottles. <laughs> no. Sex yurts. <laughs> sex yurt. Uh, Does that actually result in anything? No. If you, you looked it up. I mean, you could. What sex yurt? You can just look up sex yurt right now. She's doing it. Real time people. Uh, Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, cool. There's a. Apparently, it's a Go Fug Yourself episode. The episode with the sex yurt. Okay. I'm totally gonna read that. Great. Sex yurt. <laughs> Why is Queen Elizabeth is the <laughs> picture for that? <laughs> <laughs> she loves sex yurts. Okay. Good yeah. That's how she keeps herself so young. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Okay. So a tame so, a tame orgy. Yeah. So um, okay, if you want, I can do I can do tame orgy. It won't be as long either. <laughs> um, yeah, this is from a book called The Romance of Lust. So this is about twenty years before telling you. This is like eighteen seventy five ish. Um, this is a really long book. This is like four volumes, which wasn't the norm for 
for books like this. Usually they, they were small uh, so that they could be secreted away and hidden because a lot of them... A lot of them secreted? <laughs> yeah, like in secret. Secreted? 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 Secreted. Secreted. Did I, did I say that wrong? Well, secreted suggests that it oozed out of something, which it might have. There's oozing. There's, There's oozing. so much oozing. There's so much oozing. Um, like, I've got a few, I've got a couple other things here. What's so in got... that jar? <laughs> it's cum. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so this one is, is fairly vanilla compared to the other ones I've brought. Um, the other two books I have deal with, um, I was telling Katie as we were organizing this podcast that I, th there were, this is, I've got early, um, trans stuff here. Oh. One of which, uh, I edited the actual copy. Oh. You see in front of you. Right wow. Here. Letters from Laura and Eveline, which is about two, uh, I'll use the vernacular they use. They use the term, the term for, uh, hermaphrodite in this book. It's about two hermaphrodites on their wedding nights. Hmm. Um, and they're like letters home from... Uh, from their honeymoons and how and they're and they're they're so they're two men dressed as ladies, but it's never really certain um, whether they identify as women or whether they're just pretending to be women. But there's a lot of language in the in this book that is that's telling that that they actually identify as women hmm. because they they call their they call their butts their arse cunts. For instance, oh, yeah. um, they they treat their penises like giant clitorises, hmm. they, and they call them that. And it's and it's also unclear whether their husbands, who are male, mm -hmm. uh, it's unclear whether they know hmm. that they have um, been courting and then marrying these these two women mm -hmm. who are you know who have male sex organs, obviously. Right. Um, so there's it, a lot of really interesting stuff going on in Letters from Lauren Eveline. Mm -hmm. um, the other book that I have is The Sins of the Cities of the Plain, which um, is the prequel to Laura and Eveline. Hmm. Um, so the, some of the same people um, are in it. All of it is based on a grain of truth. Um, in The Sins of the Cities of the Plain, it is a memoir of a male prostitute called Jack Saul, who until recently wasn't certain whether he was a real person. Turns out he was. Hmm. Uh, I met with a guy in London called Glenn Chandler, who has done extensive research and genealogical research, and found out that Jack Saul was actually a real male prostitute in London in the 1880s and 1890s, um, and probably wrote most of this memoir along with other people. Hmm. So very cool. And so some of the characters. So Jack Saul is in Letters from Lauren Eveline. He's actually Eveline. Oh. Um, but. The same person did not write Lauren Eveline as wrote Sins of the Cities of the Plain. They're just completely different hmm. books in style and and in scope as well. Um, but I might get to those later. Okay. <laughs> um, this is The Romance of Lust. This is maybe to will bring us down from the, the bottle experience a little <laughs> bit. This is a pretty vanilla orgy scene um, from this, <laughs> this four-volume uh, memoir-style book. Um... Yes. <laughs> it's fine. I, I had a few moments on the fainting couch before we started. Oh, good. Then. That's good. Good. And uh, we can go take the sea air later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as Mary's bottom hole as yet could only accommodate a moderate size, Miss F kept the smallest for her particular use. The others were indiscriminately used. There's so much butt stuff in the Victorian times. <laughs> Thus armed, we proceeded to enter on all we proceeded to enter on all the voluptuous excesses of gamma hooching in every form. Gamma hooching is oral sex, everybody. Oh. Uh, lengthening out our like pleasures as much and as long as possible, that we might pass the whole night in the most libidinous raptures. 
When the ecstatic moment overtook us, our mouths had to cease their operations to give vent to the expressions of the rapturous nature of our feelings. We lay panting for some time before being able to raise and resume our mutual caresses. Now that we had taken off the edge of our lustful appetite, we, we prepared more calmly for further and more voluptuous combinations. The upper coverings of the bed were entirely removed, so that it was presented nearly a square field of combat for love's encounters. Oh, admirably that. adapted for its purpose. Square this field is so much combat. nicer than the broken I should have bottle started apps. with this. Like, build... Okay, Justin, build to the bottle scene next. <laughs> this is my first time, you guys. Aww. On a podcast. Oh, my. Um, anyway, and then the rest of it is basically just a mechanical description of how they were positioned in this mm -hmm. orgy. It's almost sweet and quaint. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of gross stuff in that book as well, but like, that is that is definitely, um, you know... <laughs> Your eyebrows the, just went up like three inches. <laughs> more tame stuff. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> like that, that, the square battlefield of voluptuous whatever. Yeah. That's, that's a fun they time. They definitely say voluptuous a lot. Yeah. Voluptuous, lecherous is another yeah. really choice word they use. We enjoyed a most salacious and voluptuous fuck. Pretty good. I, I love the combination of fancy words and then the four-letter words Me are so too. good. Like, I do actually like the word cunt a lot, so, like, it comes up a lot. Or cunny is a cunny. big, like... Yeah. That was the Victorian pornography books that I was able to find at the library as a child. Like, all the written stuff. Thanks, public libraries. <laughs> uh, and that was always really funny to me. It's, like, all the different words for... Uh, for I'm, vaginas. Sorry, I'm just watching Chris's face as she reads this. Oh, this is great. It's really... We should have a gif of this or something. <laughs> like, you're going through the whole range of human this emotions. Is, this is so good for this audio medium, but... <laughs> Reading <laughs> silently. <laughs> I could just do a whole it's episode like, of... Like me a John me. Cage podcast. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> just me reading quietly and making shocked exclamations every once in a while. Very nice. Yes, Thank you for that. Quite nice. Oh, um, so, I mean, uh, those are two kind of extreme examples, okay. I guess, of, of the kind of stuff that was going on. So, I mean, that orgy was, it was basically one, so this story of Romance of Lust is about one boy who gets initiated into the world of sex. At usually, boarding school? At boarding school. Uh, no, uh, yeah, but, sorry, I forget <laughs> if there's boarding school in this, but there's definitely like a, like an older girl mm. at some point, and then uh, a female relative. Uh, there is a little bit of homosexual stuff um, and incestuous stuff, especially with his uncle. Um, that's not the major focus of this book, though. It's not... I wouldn't call this book... Like, this is not like Telony. Like, Telony yeah. is, is first and foremost... They actually... In Telony, they, they actively discriminate against um, male-female sex. Hmm. Like, they are they're all about this, this world of, of male sexuality. Um, Romance of Lust hints at it, and then it just, they just kind of leave it. Okay. Um, there's a lot of incest stuff, there's blasphemous stuff, there's a lot of orgies, there's a lot of... The thing I like best about the Victorian pornography is just the physical impossibilities. Because, <laughs> um, like, every every guy who's telling his story, his his dick is always, like, 18 inches long, and he spurts just gallons of hot cum. <laughs> and like women, Enough to fill one jar. <laughs> enough to fill an entire jar. Uh, same with the women, though. The women also uh, squirt white, hot, viscous cum yes. in, in a lot of these books. Um, <laughs> enough not... to fill two jars. Yeah. Two jars. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's, this, there's, a weird, there's a weird thing happening in a lot of Victorian pornography where it was mostly written for men, but then there's this weird reversal where... Uh, Females will take on male characteristics like, uh, like the descriptions of their ejaculate. Mm. Um, sometimes the clitoris will sort of 
start acting the role of a penis. Hmm. Um, so there's 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 always this dance happening where um, it's 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 straight sex, but there's this other element to it because like uh, sexuality was a lot more fluid. It wasn't it wasn't as, as sort of binary as as people like to believe it was because this was all brand new stuff they hadn't theorized sexualities yet mm-hmm. um, or, or if they did it was very early days mm-hmm. so that's something that's that's a, that's a particular thing that i'm very interested in. i'm not a historian personally but i but i know lots of historians yeah. and the idea of like taking our current understandings of sexuality and trying to reverse apply them like retroactively apply them to a time where that was not a concept that existed so yeah. like bisexuality or homosexuality or whatever are not things that are going to be really like the actions would be recognized but the identity would not be Absolutely. recognized that's in that time. 100%, yeah. And that's, I think that the, about uh, uh, Laura and Eveline, I'm, we're going to get into that, I'm sure, but that's that's a very interesting thing for me because obviously I'm like, I'm pretty up on trans scholarship, but, you know, you can't necessarily go back and say like, these are definitely trans women because yeah. you don't know, like there's obviously, they're on a trans spectrum, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah, we can't like, we can't say, you know, Sappho was one particular thing, but we can probably rest assured she did a lot of the old muff diving on the Isle of Lesbos. What was that word? Gamma hooching. Gamma hooching. That's for male or female. How are you sex. spelling gamma hooching? Oh, G A M A H U C H E is the proper infinitive verb. Oh, I've okay. seen that word written. Gamma hooch. Yeah, it's yeah. French. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what the translation is at all? There or? is none. There's. Uh, it just means it's just it's just, it's just oral sex. Um, the other one that's specifically for cunnilingus is called minette. Oh, I've heard that. Mm. Yeah. Or read that rather. Yeah. Um, that sounds so classy. I know. Well, yeah. that's what that's, that's like a musical. Type that's the dip that you use on an oyster when you have the vinegars. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, I believe. Cool. Actually, yeah, I think that is. Yeah, what it's and so called. then when you're drinking out of the oyster, that like, makes that's, complete sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes total sense. And it's like and the, like, tipping the velvet is yeah. another. Yeah, that one's fair waters. Yeah. yeah. Well, we think it's a good book anyway. Yeah. I've not read tipping oh, okay. the velvet. Yeah, I, I didn't I, like fingersmith. I yeah, I'm like, I made it three quarters of the way through, and I thought basically. Guys, don't do a PhD because it will ruin reading for you forever. Yeah. Because I thought I picked up Fingersmith because I thought it was going to help. My, like I don't read anything if I don't think it's going to help my research. Right. Because um, you can't. You don't have time. I don't have time, and um, this whole process is designed to break you. Yeah. Um, and to and ruin to, your life. To like. ruin you and to and to mold you in the way of of a, of a scholar. <laughs> so I, I read Barf. through it and I'm, I'm reading through it and I'm like, oh, no, I know all this. It's, it's kind of cool that she did this research, but mm-hmm. like, she knows nothing that I don't know. And so, right. I, oh. so yeah, here's Sarah Waters. So, so I, I threw the book down um, because I didn't have time to read the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the horrible truth about about this academic sphere. Um, does I, does sex get boring after you study it this long? Like no, God no. Okay, no. I don't mean sex in general, but like reading about sex and stuff is it still. No, it's all very like, interesting. Um, I like. I don't read much contemporary stuff about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read a lot of the stuff I read about sex from that's contemporary with this stuff would be like a lot of sexology mm. and other medical type texts that are uh, theorizing this stuff. And, right. and talking about it a little bit, and there's actually a really so like craft craft ebbing or craft ebbing would be one. Yeah, there's a really cool book right now out um, called The Victorian Guide to Sex, and um, it's written by a, um, a historian from England. Um, I forget her name already. Doesn't matter. Any, I'll look it up. No, I, I should remember her name. I'll remember it in a minute. Um, <laughs> anyway, 
and she has written it uh, based on her own research, but in the voice voices of various Victorian characters. So it's kind of a historical fiction, but hmm. it's it's very thoroughly researched. It's oh, a very I'd be very ver interested in checking it. Yeah, I'll let her read a, it. It's a great yeah. book. Let's get it. Let's yeah. get it. Can we expense it? Can we put that? Can we claim that on our taxes? Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of one of one of the chapters is written as like a, a pamphlet to young girls, oh. um, but based on real things that were around at the time. Um, oh. It's very cool. Fern Riddell is her name. Hmm. Yeah, it's a great name. Yeah, she's 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 super smart. Great, awesome. So, do we want to move on to the other? Sure. Um, so I guess the thing from we'll start with Simpsons. Who's that? That's Valancourt something. Val, yeah, Valancourt Books. This is oh who, Valancourt Books, not Brian Court. No, no, <laughs> uh, Valancourt Books out of Kansas. Um, they published Sins of the Cities of the Plain, and then they published Letters from Lauren Eveline, which is the one that I edited back in 2013. So you did. So I did. My name's on it and everything. That is right on there. <laughs> um, You're legit. I'm totally. Too legit, in fact. Um, but the sense of the cities of the plane is cool because um, the, so it's this it's it takes historical um, moments and fictionalizes them. So there was in 1870 there were these two men named Ernest Bolton and Frederick Park who were arrested outside of a theater in the West End of London for uh, conspiracy to commit a felony, which the felony was sodomy. Um, they Good were felony. they were dressed as women. And they were escorting men to the theater. Mm. And so they, there was this big scandal, a big trial. Uh, they were acquitted, uh, but not before they were humiliated in the press and by surgeons to examine their genitals to make sure that they had all these, they had all these theories that, yeah. uh, that, you know, the genitals of a sodomite would look different or they would be pointed like a dog's or something like that. <laughs> Barbed like uh, a cat's. Yeah. Or... <laughs> um, anyway, so that, 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 that was a big, um, a big to-do in Victorian Britain, in London. And uh, Sins of the Cities of the Plain came about about 10 years after that. And one of the stories in it is a behind-the-scenes look at the Bolton and Park scandal, the, the things that they were alleged to have done at this at this party in a hotel. Um, and so that's, to me, that what they've done is they've pornified that event. Oh. Um, and if I can find it here... Um, it's in the second part of the book and it's just called Some Frolics with Bolton and Park. Just some frolics. Just some frolics. Um, so I mean, I'll just read like a, a couple of paragraphs. It's not, it's not terribly fascinating, but, um, <laughs> the fact that it's, that it's based on this real event that happened and then they've taken it and because there was no actual evidence to suggest that these two had actually committed sodomy, they were only, they were only, um, thought to have conspired to commit sodomy, which was just as bad. You want to go commit some sodomy? <laughs> yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so this is this is Jack Saul um, <laughs> recalling going back to Bolton and Park's uh, hotel with him, and so there was like a there was a real event at a hotel in London that sparked this whole thing. Uh, so as soon as we got back to Bolton's place, he gave me a drop of his invigorating cordial, a lovely liqueur which seemed to warm my blood to the tips of my fingers. No, it was actually liquor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Then we went to bed and slept till about 12 o'clock. 7% solution. But. <laughs> Had breakfast, all dressed as ladies. I believe the people of the house thought we were the gay ladies. Uh, gay ladies was a slang for a prostitute in the Victorian time. Bolton assured me they hadn't a rag of male clothing in the place, all their manly attire being at some other place. I love to look like a girl and to be thought one. Had such a lark the other day with a beautiful milliner at Richmond, he said, sipping his chocolate. 
You must know I was stopping at the Star and Garter Hotel a fa I, and fancied a new dress, or rather, I had seen this lovely milliner in her shop. She was the principal. So I went in, gave my order, requesting her to call on the Honorable Miss Murray at the hotel to try it on in two days' time. Um, so there's just more description of, mm -hmm. of the attire, of the dresses that he bought and that he wanted to buy. Then there's the orgy scene with um, with Bolton Park, Jack Saul, and a, a bunch of other men. Um, nothing as graphic as the bottle scene from Tony. <laughs> just always coming back to the bottle. It's always the bottle. Uh, the bottle unites us. <laughs> Um, and separates us. <laughs> like a pair of fat ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's one passage here where um, the the clitoris is 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 reversed and is is made into a penis or a penis into a clitoris. Okay. So um, someone's describing, I pretended to resist her attempts to get at my cunny and at last blushingly told her that I was one of those unfortunate beings which perhaps she had heard of who had a malformation. Something like the male instrument, in fact, it was incapable of stiffening and always did, did so under excitement, exactly as a man's would do. But darling, I added, it is quite harmless and can do no mischief like the real male affair. Now you, I know, will be too disgusted to want to kiss me, although I am dying for you to afford me that pleasure. The, this avowal seemed to excite her still more, and she assured me that she had often heard of hermaphrodites and that they could have, then they, they could have women as well as a man. And now, darling, I am more anxious than ever to see and caress the jewel you must have. I own I have often wanted to feel what a man is like, and you can oblige me with any risk if you will. Will you, my darling? Aw, what, um, what a nice, open-minded, and thoughtful lover. Yeah. And so there's always this aspect of it, like, you know, it's it's a bit of a kink as well. Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's that aspect of, of being with one of these so-called hermaphrodites. Um, and then there's the uh, idea of identity, mm -hmm. how these people identified. Um, that's the question we can't answer, like Katie said. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't retrospectively say, oh, these people were obviously transgender. Mm -hmm. You can't. You're nope. not allowed. Um, <laughs> you go to jail. <laughs> go to academia jail. Exactly. Just, just regular academia. <laughs> just, <laughs> absolutely correct. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, that's, and True. so that book is, is kind of central to what I'm doing in my, my thesis, um, because there's so much going on there. Um, and the fact that this Jack Saul character was real and Bolton and Park were real, um, you know, it's kind of a, a big, a big aspect of what I do is trying to decide what's truthful, what's not truthful. Um, and my kind of my, one of my theses is that pornography is more truthful than other writing of the period because they weren't under the same type of censorship. So they could write mm. anything they wanted about what was going on and it didn't matter. It wasn't going to be sold at train stations anyway. Um, so there's, there's a lot, I like that. so yeah, you can, you can, a lot of these can be used as guidebooks as well. Um, especially Romance of Lust, mm -hmm. which we heard about the, the more vanilla orgy there. Yeah. Um, you can map geographically a lot of locations, uh, in Romance of Lust onto actual places in London wow. and in Paris. So do you, are you just totally geographically bound in the research that you do? Are you only doing stuff in England at that time? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So you're not doing anything like in the states around the same time. You don't you don't run into like Anthony Comstock. No, not really, not really. I mean, some of the stuff I, I have is coming from the continent, the continent, uh, Europe. Because uh, once again, more sex was invented. <laughs> once they stopped, pr they basically stopped printing the stuff in England because mm -hmm. of the authorities. Right. Um, so it was coming from Brussels. It was coming from Amsterdam. It was coming from Paris. Uh, from Germany. Um, How did they smuggle it in? Uh, through the post. In my petticoats. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. Was through the post, um, but yeah, 
So basically, once the government and the authorities wanted to shut down production in England, the publishers just moved it overseas, mm-hmm. and and then the post office got involved. It, um, it's so funny to me just how much this is still an issue. Like sure. uh, maybe not today, but like as recently as fifteen years ago, right? Like the uh, the prohibitions on shipping. Um, obscene materials over the border from the States to Canada. It's, or vice still, versa. it's still a thing. It's still a thing with like Little Sisters Bookstore yep. uh, mm-hmm. in the West End because they have been in sort of innumerable lawsuits over the years. I know that Kate Leth, the like comic book writer and stuff, like she trying to get stuff from a con in New York back over into like Nova Scotia or whatever, yep. like was stopped at the border and had to yeah deal with a whole bunch of bullshit <laughs> around that just the idea that you're gonna like bring this filth in here as if you can't just get it on the internet yeah. but like uh, just like books not being able to come over because they were about like gay sex or whatever yeah well like just even, too bad uh, that book lost girls that 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 graphic novel oh yeah, that's yeah. horrible i hate that book <laughs> sure sure and, and you can i've never actually read it but um for the longest time it wasn't available in canada you, they wouldn't the, the distributor was, was only in, in the States. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Alan Moore's a weird Alan Moore, that's his name. I was, I was, Al- was going to say Alan Ginsberg, but no, I No, no, it's right. Alan Moore and his... He's a literal wizard, and it's not a joke, he's an actual wizard. Alan Moore is a comic artist and a wizard, and mm. his partner, possibly a witch, she is the artist. So okay. they are in a relationship together, and yeah. it's like... Alice from Alice in Wonderland having sex with Dorothy Gale from... Yeah. It's just all very... It's a lot of very young and, like, drugged girls kind of thing, which is, like... Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. Great. But, yeah. But I... So I can... Yeah. I'm, I don't still don't think it's cool that that was, you know, forbidden from being imported yeah. or whatever, but I'm just like, hmm, don't really want to read it. Not feeling it. <laughs> you know? So... So, yeah, that's, um, it's weird that that's still happening, considering just how easy it is to get pornography on the internet, that you can't just send a book through. Like, I sent... I had two copies of this erotic pulp novel called uh, Space Captive. Do you remember Space Captive? <laughs> I remember that when you were in the Dreadnoughts, you guys used to read passages from that on stage. I that did. Was fun. That was a thing that I would do because I didn't really have any other skills. So I would read that on stage. But then I found a second copy of it. And so I tried to send it to Nick, the singer, because he lives in Rhode Island now. So I was like, I like wrapped it up and sent it to him. And it got intercepted, like it never made it there. Cause oh, shit. I, Crazy. I don't know if it's because it was porn, but I suspect it was because it was porn, which I find really funny. Like, too bad that we don't both, we can't, like, ooh, are you reading page 30 right now? <laughs> <laughs> it was a very bad It's a fun thing that you do with friends. <laughs> they get, yeah, she's fucked by aliens a bunch. Neat. <laughs> it's a great story. <laughs> anyway. So, where, what time are we at? 120? Yeah. We got anything else we want to get into? <laughs> no, no, no. What? I'm still really just hyper from the bottle. Thing. Just still the bottle. It's, all... it's always the bottle thing. Can we just call this the bottle episode? Because <laughs> okay. it has a totally different meaning. It's <laughs> gross. Or the message in a bottle? Message oh, in a bottle. No. Kind of goes with your theme. Oh my god. Oh, god. <laughs> it does. That's how we got the .NET extension on our. Uh... Because that's on theme, too. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, there you oh, go. Okay. I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's totally on purpose. It was 100% on purpose. That <laughs> no, wasn't. Happy accident. So. Yeah. Well. Anyway, that so that kind of blew like a gasket out in my brain a little bit, and okay. I feel a little bit exhausted. <laughs> I don't know what else to. <laughs> just to be quite honest. I just feel like it's, it, when I close my eyes, it's all I see. 
Oh, good. My job. My job here is done. Then. With the foie gras, like pate, pate as well. Gras, to, like, yeah. Why wouldn't you use that for lube? So decadent. Oh, a decadent yeah. party where everyone's. I just like. Coats. I do really love that fantasy of being in like a decadent orgy party, like Romans or. But then you'll get the French Victorians disease. And, or the Italian disease. I mean, I'm sure that I would have gotten it anyway in <laughs> that time period, but... Just a cholera syphilis combination, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Just, there's something that's very... So you say, you know, you hate it when people romanticize mm. certain aspects, so it's like, yes, I guess I couldn't really fantasize about the these luxurious, opulent orgies without, like, all of the rampant VD. <laughs> My nose is going to fall off, for sure. Yeah. You know, so I guess it's got its ups and downs. My whole thing with romanticizing things is that, like, it would have smelled like poop everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because people were just chucking it out the window. Is it, yeah, if you're... Shit in a bucket, throw it in the streets. Yeah, throw it in the streets, like the River Thames, like, disgusting, mm-hmm. you know? So, that that's usually my my first port of call. It's like, yeah, you want to live in the Victorian period? Why don't, why, how about you go smell like poop all the time? <laughs> I think that was that's what would stop me from time traveling probably because I love the idea of time traveling. Anytime anyone's like, "What superpower would you like to have?" Like that's immediately my choice. But I have a very sensitive sense of smell. Yeah, don't don't like it. Mm -hmm. That would be a really bad time for me to go back like 150 years. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we could I could go visit. Obviously, I could stand it for a day. You can handle the poop smell. I think I could get used to it after a little while. It's probably like when you go to farm country, right? Mm -hmm. You 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 smell it. You know. Every time I go to Prince George, I'm like, for a first day, it's like, ah, it's pulp mill city, and then you just kind of forget that it smells like sulfury butts all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably the same with like cities 200 years ago. I'm sure. Just horse shit everywhere and human shit. Human poop, yeah, and just gross things everywhere. That's a beautiful way to end the episode, isn't it? Just talking about how it must have smelled like poop all the time and people were getting bottles shoved up their bums. Yeah. Yeah, he literally did ask for it, though, in fairness. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he did. No, he did. No, he wanted it. He was the architect of his own demise I know, I just feel really bad for him. It didn't go well. I mean, he was a fake person, so... Should we end it on that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. All right. Thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. Yay. You'll probably never have me back after. Uh, yeah, I think they totally could. There's <laughs> probably more things to read. <laughs> oh, there's that dissertation's got to get finished sometime. Yeah. You can give us a little... You can read your abstract yes. on the podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. Very, very niche interest, as always, on the Sea Hags podcast. Thanks and uh, we'll see you next week. Do, 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 do. Bye. Bye.